All right. Hello. My name is Byron Howell. This is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Today is November 10th, 2020. And thank you so much for joining me whenever you happen to be listening to this. You know, the truth is it doesn't really matter when you listen. These things that we're going to discuss today have been applicable and extremely important for 2,000 years, if not longer. And they are honestly going to continue to be applicable and extremely important for the rest of all eternity. And to be honest, I find that pretty exciting, that we are definitely not wasting any time here. We are definitely not discussing any trivial matters, that what we are talking about is the kingdom of God that is in existence today and will exist for all eternity. And it is a wonderful and fascinating subject and and indeed a life-changing subject. And I'd like to talk about that because we're going to talk again today about the kingdom of God. Specifically, we're going to focus on the idea of living in the kingdom of God or living with a, a daily consciousness of the kingdom of God in your life and how important that is. And I'd like to start by referencing a movie that I watched uh, not long ago called Arrival. Or The Arrival, something like that. And some of you might be familiar with this movie. It stars uh, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. And it's an alien movie. I'm not endorsing any of those people or any of that. And the movie's a little out there. Uh, that's true. But I was an English minor, excuse me, I was a Spanish minor. And I took some linguistics classes. And the movie's actually very interesting. It talks about a little bit about what happens to you when you begin to learn a new language and on and on. And in the movie... The aliens come to Earth and fundamentally they teach us their language. And, and it talks about a little bit how when you start to learn a new language, your brain is rewired. You begin to think differently. Now, honestly, I don't know if that's true or not from a, from a, any sort of physiological standpoint, but it's an interesting idea. But here's what happened in the movie. When, when Amy Adams' character begins to understand the language, her brain begins to perceive time differently. And it's actually a fascinating concept, especially when you think that God lives outside of time and that, in fact, time is only part of this natural created early order that we are subject to right now. But we're not going to talk about time today, although it is a fascinating subject. But she says... You know, when you really understand the language, you per, you begin to perceive time differently. And that's the idea that, that I found so gripping. And, and, and here's why. Because the same is true for the kingdom of God. When you truly begin to understand both the kingdom of God and your place in the kingdom of God you begin to perceive reality differently. And and honestly, uh, I know those words might even sound a little bizarre to some of you that aren't used to thinking that way, but that's okay. We'll get there. You know, the reality is, 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 is that there is an order to creation, that God created everything. Uh, there's a dominion of darkness. There's a kingdom of God. That, that there are various laws that function in both the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And, and all of these things sort of interact with each other. But, but the kingdom of God is the overarching kingdom that rules over everything. Now, in fact, the dominion of darkness is still alive and well today. These are, these kingdoms are at war, so to speak. But the kingdom of God is, is by far and away the, the dominant kingdom. 
And it is the kingdom that you and I become a part of when we become Christians. And so so when you begin to understand the realities of that kingdom, you are going to begin to live differently, think differently, act differently, speak differently. It is going to change your life for the better in many, many wonderful ways. Because the kingdom of God for a Christian was never just meant to be a spiritual reality that either refers only to spiritual things that we can't grasp right now or only refuse to some future period of time that we are not experiencing right now, like when we get to heaven, something like that. But the kingdom of God was meant to become the most important part of our reality now or at least part of the most important part. The most important part, we could say, is our personal relationship with God that we come into through Jesus Christ. But his kingdom and our citizenship in his kingdom, literally defining our existence, even to a much greater extent than your citizenship that you might experience right now with a particular country. So so we need to keep talking about this because I want to do my part both to, to learn it for myself but also to help you understand it. And and I would definitely say this is one of the most fascinating subjects that, that I've ever personally studied and I know this will bless you. So So let me just reiterate that the kingdom of God is here now. That Christians are citizens of the kingdom of God and we are entitled now to live in all of its benefits and blessings. We are also called, remember Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The pursuit of the kingdom of God, furthering the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, living for the kingdom and the righteousness of God. This is supposed to be the defining pursuit of our existence. And that in and of itself, which maybe we'll talk, we'll try to expand a little more, that in and of itself will absolutely set you free. That will absolutely give you a, a total purpose in your life, that it is the key that unlocks the who you are, what God created you to be, all of the provision that God intends for your life, the purpose that God has for your life. It is a literally a master key to, to what God wants you to have in your life, spiritually, physically, mentally, and so on. But, but seeking the kingdom of God should be the defining pursuit of your life. And the more you understand the kingdom, the more you seek the kingdom, the more you will begin to walk in supernatural reality because the kingdom of God uh, has an overarching authority and overarching dominion to both the dominion of darkness and to the natural realm. Again, I'm not trying to go too far outside, uh, you know, but but we need to talk about this because this is extremely important. And I'm sure uh, the Lord will remind me of some stories as we go through this tonight, because I, I, I'm not trying to, again, I don't ever want to suggest that I'm perfect, that I do anything perfectly, that I think about these things perfectly at all times, the way I should, the way I know that I should, but I have absolutely seen the kingdom of God and manifestation in my life uh, numerous times I've been walking with the Lord, you know, some 16 years now, 
and and you know really devoted to him listening to him and i've seen the kingdom of god in manifestation many many times so wonderful big big reason that i'm on fire for god like i am like i talked about uh, on our last podcast but let me read this verse again to you because it is so extremely important colossians 1:13 for he meaning god has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Every one of us, every single one, believe it or not, this includes you. It definitely includes me. There's no argument about that. But, you know, just in case you're not sure, it includes you as well. Every one of us was under the dominion of darkness. We were under the devil's jurisdiction. We were influenced and blinded by the devil. Now, look, I'm sorry. We don't have the time to unpack all that. But just take my word for it. It is the truth. But thank God, when we got saved, we were removed from the devil's dominion. He has no further right to influence or blind influence us or blind us or anything like that. Now, we have to start taking authority over him, but we'll, we'll go on with that in a minute. But we are brought into the kingdom of God. And so now, my Christian brothers and sisters, we are in the kingdom of God now, and we need to start living like it. That's a very important concept that should definitely be part of the guiding light of your life, the, part, the the core mental framework of your life, that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I am going to live like it. Jesus provided an example to us. You see, he was totally connected to and living from the kingdom of God. When you see his authority, his ability, his wisdom, his ministry, the fact that he basically had, you know, on demand revelation from God, on demand power from God. These were tied directly to the kingdom of God, as we're going to see a little bit today in these verses. And, and he gives us the example of a citizen of the kingdom of God. And our lives can literally flow in this union, in this citizenship of the kingdom of God in the same way. So first, I want to point out first the first ministry words of John the Baptist. This is Matthew 3, 1 through 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In case I didn't say that right, it's Matthew chapter three, one through two. So those are the first words of John the Baptist. Now look at the first words of Jesus. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is not the first words of Jesus, excuse me, that is the first ministry words, his first public ministry words. It's the exact same thing. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Both John the Baptist and Jesus started their ministry by telling the people to turn from their ways, turn from the, their wicked ways, turn from their sinful ways, turn from the way they think, turn from the way they've been living because the kingdom of God is at hand. Now that phrase, at hand, in the Greek means physically or temporally very close. I mean, it is right here, right next to you physically or imminently about to eat, be there. So notice the importance they place on the kingdom of God. And also notice, you know, we, we get the idea that, that it was all about 
forgiveness of sins, all about, you know, the gospel that you'd get your ticket out of hell and into heaven, which again is so, so, so important, not minimizing it, but it's far more than that. They were preaching the kingdom of God and that that comes so much. There comes so much more than that than just your ticket out of hell and into heaven. But look at this statement from Jesus. This is Matthew 12, verse 28. Jesus said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. That verse does not include the phrase at hand. In this verse, Jesus is saying specifically that the kingdom of God has arrived. This is an extremely important verse. You see, when Jesus came, the kingdom of God came with him. And, you know, that is really an interesting concept. We don't want to go too far down the road here, because remember, the Jews were looking for a Messiah that would usher in the kingdom of Israel. And in fact, Jesus did usher in a kingdom, but it was the kingdom of God or or to put it another way, the spiritual realm of God's dominion. It was not a earthly kingdom. But it was, in fact, the kingdom of God that over that is the overarching kingdom of all, the kingdom of the universe. And, and subject, literally the kingdom of God, has authority and rulership over everything. Now, I've talked about how, you know, the devil is, in fact, the god of this particular time. And that there is a war between the dominion of darkness and the kingdom of God that, that persists to this day. But we as citizens of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God itself have authority over all the power of the enemy. So even though there are, there is a dominion of darkness, there are unclean spirits and the devil does unfortunately have some abilities. We have authority over that. But here's the point I want to focus on for a moment. You see, why did Jesus say the kingdom of God was there now? You see, it's because the kingdom of God had never come into the earth in that way before, not since Adam and Eve. You see, when every every single human that was born since Adam and Eve was born into the devil's jurisdiction, born into the dominion of darkness. Remember the verse I just read from Colossians that when a person is saved, we are rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God. But Jesus did not have to go through that. He already was in the kingdom of God. And that's how he can say, when I'm here, when I'm, when, if I'm casting out devils by the spirit of God, the kingdom of God is here. And you see, it says the, and what he's saying, he's demonstrating that the kingdom of God has complete and total authority over the dominion of darkness. And these things we see Jesus do, especially when he's casting out these unclean spirits, is we are seeing the manifestation of the kingdom of God in the earth. And this is just a wonderful and powerful reality. And this really helps us understand that, all right, Jesus brought the kingdom and and when we see these acts and these things that he did that were in demonstration of the kingdom, and we're not making that up. He's the one that said that. 
when we see these things that are in demonstration of the kingdom, we we then have an example of what our lives should look like now that we are in the kingdom. And it certainly calls to mind the verse when Jesus said, those who believe on me, the works that I do, shall they do also, and greater works than these shall they do. Why? Because we are also in the kingdom. We have the same authority. We have the same miracle working power that's bestowed on us by the Holy Spirit of God. And and that is just a wonderful reality. So So we need to grasp that as Jesus said, the kingdom of God is unto us. And as Paul in Colossians says, we are now brought into the kingdom that we need to similarly begin living like a citizen of the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. We who are in the kingdom of God need to begin living as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Far too many of us have lived below our rights, below our privileges as citizens of the kingdom of God. And and remember, I want to just point out briefly that the kingdom of God's authority is very broad. And I've never heard somebody really break this down. And I'm not saying that I have a complete understanding of it either. But just notice that we see Jesus exercise authority over unclean spirits. If you take the time to look at those verses, the the spirits had absolutely no question about his authority. Not once did they say, you know, not today, Jesus. We're not going anywhere today. No, they they knew that they had to obey. And and the crazy thing is they know that we carry that same authority, but it works by faith and you got to operate it by faith, which is another subject. But my point being is the devils knew Jesus's authority. And we also see Jesus exercising his kingdom authority over uh, sickness and disease. Right, the sickness and disease. There wasn't one fever. There wasn't one leprosy. Nothing. Nothing said not today, Jesus. No, those sicknesses they had to go immediately. And and you know we also see Jesus exercising authority over the natural realm. We see him exercising authority over the fish in the Sea of Galilee. We see him or uh, taking authority over the weather. And those are just two examples. But but. This authority of the kingdom, which is in fact the overarching authority over all of creation, right? This is something that we need to understand and to begin exercising. And I would say that that I think that this authority probably goes all the way up to the free will and rights of other human beings. That is the first thing that jumps out to me as a limiting factor on our authority and and maybe the only one. I don't know. We need to study this and talk about this more. But my point is that you see the kingdom of God with Jesus. You see Jesus using his authority over several areas of life. And we see the kingdom of God in manifestation. Right. And now let me just briefly show you some verses because I want to show you that that this was never just reserved to Jesus. That was not his plan. He was, as some people call him, the sample son. He was the example we are to follow. When, when, when people talk about being like Christ, 
you know, I think we have the wrong picture of what it means to be like Christ. Should we be loving, loving, humble, kind, peaceful, gentle, patient, all the fruits of the Spirit? Absolutely. But should we also walk in total defiance of the dominion of darkness? Should we also walk in total authority for the kingdom of God over sickness and disease, over the dominion of darkness, over these things that are hurting people, over anything, all the power of the enemy? Should we also walk in that exactly like Jesus did? Yes, absolutely. Not to mention, you know, then there's a whole other concept of the fact that Jesus was the substitutionary sacrifice for all of us. I mean, there are certainly areas of life where we are called to absolutely uh, uh, follow Jesus's example. But there are things that he went through for us that we don't have to go through. He was made poor so that I might be rich. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my disease. And by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I mean, you study that out in the language. He's not, that's not talking about some concept of spiritual sickness. That's, that's physical. So he went through some things so I don't have to. But, but in the realm of the kingdom, as we're going to see continually here, we are called into the kingdom and we are given the same authority and power for the kingdom that Jesus had here on earth. Look at Luke 9 verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The sick. Okay, that was the first, that was the 12 disciples. We see same power, same authority, unclean spirits, sickness and disease, and preaching the kingdom of God. Literally, exactly his ministry. That these, these guys would go on and continue his ministry. Then, Luke 10, verse 1. This is actually verses 1, 2, and 9. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So ask him to send more workers. And what do the workers do? Heal the sick and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. Okay, so here we have another 72. And he tells them, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. And now maybe some of you are thinking, well, what about the unclean spirits? He didn't tell them anything about the unclean spirits. Luke chapter 10, verse 70, 17. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use our name. Don't let me leave that out. I don't forgive me for not even this authority that we come into this place in the kingdom of God is because of what Jesus does for us. And this authority that we are uh, blessed to be able to live in, walk in, exercise, demonstrate. It's all through Jesus. It's all because of what Jesus has done for us. And that needs to be constantly with us and constantly in our mouths. That's authority is in his name. His name is the name that's above every name. And that's why we use that name as we exercise this authority. But he says, Lord, but they said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And then, you know, it says, he says, yes, he told them, 
See, he wasn't surprised. He, that's exactly what he expected to happen. Because he knew. He knew that he was delegating his authority to them. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Let me just say that something that is in the kingdom is total and complete immunity from everything that the dominion of darkness would throw at you, except the persecution from other people. Can't get into all that today, but unfortunately, we're not redeemed from that. Uh, unfortunately, persecution is just part of the deal. But anything that any unclean spirit would throw at you, any sickness, any disease, any any financial de hardship or defeat that's demonic in nature, all of that, all of that is under the authority of the kingdom of God. And in the name of Jesus, we can begin living in authority over that and we can begin dominating those situations. So notice that this is now 84 other people, the 12 disciples plus the 72, 84 other people who walked with the same kingdom of God authority that Jesus did in the earth. All right. Powerful, powerful truth that that the kingdom of God and, you know, and I, I just want to take a second. Just just bear with me a second, because I want to mention to you. Notice he says Luke 10 verses 10 and 11. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate and know this. The kingdom of God is near. See, this is a fascinating verse to me. The kingdom of God was with the disciples, not just when the people received them and miracles happened and demons were cast out, but the kingdom of God was there even when they rejected them. So the kingdom of God was literally in, in manifestation in the lives of the disciples and the 72 as they went about through all of these towns, ministering to people, all right? The kingdom of God was with them, but but whether the kingdom of God it shows up in people's life is up to them. Whether someone will receive prayer, whether someone will believe in the kingdom and understand what God has for them, that's really the choice is theirs. And I talked about that a little bit last week when I was talking about the great choice that God puts us before it. The great choices that God puts us before puts before us. Excuse me. Now slow down a little bit here. Mark chapter sixteen. These are the last words of Jesus recorded in the book of Mark. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is Jesus to the disciples. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, who, who are the believers? That's us. You and me. 2,000 years later, wherever, wherever you happen to be, you are one of those who believe. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak up in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. The exact same concepts 
of the kingdom of God are supposed to show up now in our lives. Thousands of years later, the kingdom of God came into manifestation when Jesus came into the earth. It wasn't here in the same way before, but Jesus as a true citizen of the kingdom, not subject to the dominion of darkness, came into the earth, began demonstrating his authority over the dominion of darkness, over the natural realm, allowed others, at least 84 others, to participate in this same kingdom of God, authority and power, and then passed it all the way down to us who are now continually brought into the kingdom of God, made citizens of the kingdom of God with the same authority, authority over sickness and disease, authority over unclean spirits, uh, uh, immunity. You know, it says drink anything deadly. It won't hurt you. Immunity. Jesus said nothing shall by any means hurt you. We are supposed to walk in the same manifestation of the kingdom of God that the disciples walked in, that the early church walked in, and that Jesus walked in. And and you see, this is the, what we need to understand. This is what we the way we need to think, and this is the way we need to start living. You see, as you go through life, this is probably true for every single one of us, you see people that are being oppressed of the devil. This is kind of what you see in the stories of Jesus in the Bible. He, he goes through and he sees people that they've been blinded by the devil. They've been enticed to sin by the devil. They've been hit with sickness by the devil. They've been hit by uh, unclean spirits. And he uses his authority from the kingdom of God to cast these things out, to heal the sick, to, to, to demonstrate the kingdom and then have people repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. We are called to the exact same thing. As we go through life and we see people that are being oppressed, that are being hurt, that are clearly under the influence of the dominion of darkness, we need to think as Jesus thought. We need to think as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we need to begin living that way, using this authority, using this power, using uh, the the anointing, for lack of a better word, right? The, the divine enablement of God to see the kingdom of God manifested to help people, to help people understand that the kingdom of God is here and available to them, that forgiveness of their sins is available, that their ticket to heaven is available, but yes, so much more. The entire treasure of the kingdom of God is available to them. As we talked about a little bit about let uh, a little bit about that last time. Look at Matthew 16, because this really hammers this home. This is verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? That's him saying, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We need to start by understanding that when he says, on this rock, I will build my church, he is not saying that he will build his rock on Peter. Peter is one word in the Greek, and it's like a little rock. And when he says, on this rock, that word in the Greek is a big rock. And what he is saying is, on the rock of the revelation that I am the Messiah, I will build my church. That word in the Greek, he is not talking about a building, that this was the solid rock foundation, that he was going to build a church building. Most people get that. But what he was saying is that on the rock of the revelation that I am the Messiah, I will build my ecclesia. That's what the Greek word for church is, ecclesia, which refers to, in the Greek city-state, a group of citizens called out to rule. My friends, you and I are called out from the people of the world. We are called out from the world into the kingdom of God to rule. Okay, remember, I, I don't know if we've looked at it together, but remember the parable of Jesus, where basically Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of God is like a man who, who was going on a far journey and he gave to each of his people authority and a work. We are the people that have been given this earth and, and it is up to us to take our authority and to begin expanding the kingdom of God. That's really the best way to say it. It's a little amorphous. You could easily say, Byron, what does that mean? But that's the job. We are called out to rule. And, and as the ecclesia of this earth, as the rulers on this earth, on behalf of the kingdom of God, our job is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And look at what Jesus says. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We are talking about an extreme measure, shocking really, of authority. Authority directly tied to the very kingdom of heaven. This is what we have been given. This is the way we need to start thinking. This is the way we need to start living. This helps us understand when Jesus is saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that that's how we're supposed to pray. That's how we're supposed to think. We are supposed to enforce God's will and the kingdom of God's jurisdiction in the earth. We are supposed to pray for the kingdom. We are supposed to pray for God's will. But we are also supposed to take these keys and start binding and loosing. Whenever we see the enemy at work, whether it's sickness, disease, depression, uh, uh, broken relationships, uh, unclean spirits, whatever it is, we need to start binding that in the name of Jesus, commanding it to stop, commanding it to go exactly how we see Jesus doing in his earthly ministry. 
Similarly, we need to start loosing things, right? Loosing the Spirit of God. Not, not that I'm saying that we have that kind of authority over the Spirit of God, but literally loosing God into every situation in our lives. God, I pray that you would get involved in this situation. Right now, God, I pray for your wisdom in this situation. God, I pray that your will would be done in this situation. You know, uh, angels, the Bible says that they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on those who are the heirs of salvation. That's us, that they hearken to the voice of God's word. When you start commanding the word, you know, the Lord says, great shall be the peace of my children. The Bible says God delights in the prosperity of his servant. The Bible says that God perfects that which concerns me. When you start declaring these things over your life, then the angels get to work on your behalf. I'm not saying I have any great understanding of that. I'm just saying that I know it's true. And we need to be loosing the kingdom of God in the earth. There are things that need to be bound that should not be. And it's up to us to start using the authority of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus to see these things bound and stopped. Similarly, there are some things that should be in the earth, that should be active, that should be present, that are not. And we need to take our authority and begin loosing these things straight from the spirit realm, straight from the kingdom of God into the earth to see his kingdom come, to see his will be done in every area of our lives. We need to start praying big, bold prayers along these lines to the full extent of our authority, even praying that God would give us revelation of the authority, revelation of, of all that we truly can pray for and use our authority for and and exactly what God has us to bind and loose in our lives that is so important and so so this is the way that we need to start thinking this is the way I want to encourage you you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and and with that, you are not like some low ranking surf or whatever you know just barely hanging on you know, getting your daily dole to to exist. No, no, you are a son of the king. You have authority and power straight from the king himself. And he wants his kingdom expanded in the earth and he wants his will done. And it is our job, our mandate to take his kingdom, to preach the kingdom of God, to, to bind the unclean spirits, to heal the sick, to lay hands on them, and to see the God's will come into manifestation in the earth. This is the way we need to start thinking, and this needs to become just, just an absolute critical part of our mental framework. So everywhere, the whole, as we go through life, the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you. Something needs to be loosed. Pray over that. Something needs to be bound. Take authority over that. We will go through life and the Holy Spirit will begin guiding us in these areas because, because that's what he wants. Because this is what we're supposed to do. And this is another key part of our purpose in life. Our purpose for the kingdom of God is taking our place in the, in the authority of the kingdom of God as one of God's children. See, children, I mean, this is such 
such a wonderful, wonderful reality. Let me give you two, two short examples. You know, I was a uh, builder. I practice law basically full time now, but, but I was a builder working for my dad's company and we were really under the gun on this project. We were building this, this kind of complex of office buildings. And we had to get the sidewalks laid. Now, it seems like a small matter, but if you can't get the sidewalks in, you can't get the street paved, and obviously no street paved, you're not going to go very far. So we were really under the gun, really pushing the sidewalk crews very hard. And and we had everybody there. They're pouring concrete. They're pouring these sidewalks. It's a good day. But then, you know, we see the rain clouds forming. And I think I'm going to pray away this rain. That, that That idea hits me that I need to do it. And the Holy Spirit quickly tells me to grab somebody to, to come into agreement with me. Why? Because if two of you agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done for them. That's the prayer of agreement. That's what Jesus said. So, so I grabbed this older gentleman named Bubba who knew I knew to be a Christian. Bubba was the, the concrete foreman. And I, I say, okay, look, Bubba, you see these clouds. We're going to, we're going to pray right now. We're going to take authority over this weather. And we're going to command this rain to stay away. And he says, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. So we pray. And then, you know, we believe we receive. The moment we pray, we believe it's done. And I'm going to sit around and wait and see if it's done. We, we believe it's done. So I, I had to go somewhere. So I said, all right, you know, uh, we believe it's done. You guys, I'll see you later. Well, Bubba, I found out later, Bubba began immediately telling his guys to take the plastic covering off the fresh concrete. See, that's that's what they do. They would lay the sidewalk and then they'd put this plastic over it if they saw the rain coming. But Bubba, I mean, a great man of faith, maybe a simple man in some ways, but still a, a mighty man of God. He just told his guys, hey, hey, hey it's not going to rain. Take the plastic off. And sure enough, it didn't rain. And and I'm not saying that. Oh yeah, we, I saw some small uh, cloud. You know that you know the five percent chance of rain. No, his guys had already started covering up the sidewalks because the rain was imminent. So he took a step of faith, told his guys to take the plastic off, which totally defies logic. But but it was in line with his faith. It was in line with our prayer, and the rain didn't come. Hallelujah! It it and he, they completed the job. It was a miracle. It was miraculous. Maybe a small thing, but it was miraculous. And you see, that's what I'm talking about, that, that we can begin walking in the same authority that, that Jesus walked in. Let me give you another example. I'm going to have to be a little short on the details for the sake of times and because of the, some of the things involved. But here, let me give you the short version. I had this situation in my life where... I, I was very interested in this other person getting something done. Let's just put it that way. So a friend of mine needed something to happen. And I was very concerned and praying about this. But he was told, or my friend was told, that all these things had to happen first. So this is beginning to put pressure on the situation. This is beginning to create problems. So the Lord speaks to me in a dream. And I know when I wake up that the meaning of the dream is that, is that there's a lot going on here and that, and that my friend is being delayed, even possibly spiritually. I don't really know. But, but you see, when God gives you a word like that, he's not saying, hey, this is the way it is. Do nothing. 
that, yeah, it's just going to take forever and that's, that's life. No, he's saying this is the way it is. Now come in and pray against that situation. So that's what I did that day. I realized the meaning of the dream and I prayed and I just, I said, you know, Father God, right now I pray by your spirit that you would touch every single person involved in this situation and that miraculously this thing would be accomplished, that, that we could move all these factors out and this thing would be accomplished. I pray that prayer. The next day, my friend texts me. I mean, the next day, not even 24 hours from that prayer. My friend texts me that the thing we were believing for was done. Not, not, not that some of the intervening things were done. No, in fact, not even a single one of the intervening things had taken place. But that what was most important, the thing that was most important was already done. I don't know what rules they violated. I don't know how they worked the system. I don't need to know any of that. All I know is that I have a relationship with the kingdom of God and that when God wants something done, it can happen. But I have to take my place. I have to loose things. I have to bind things. That was another part of that prayer, that any unclean spirits that might be oppressing my friend or standing in my friend's way from what needed to happen, I took authority over them and commanded them out in Jesus' name. And and so, but what we experienced was a miracle. You see, you are designed to walk in the supernatural. You are designed to live as a child of the kingdom of God. You are not designed to go through life as every other person simply in possession of a ticket to heaven. Wonderful as that is. No, you are designed to dominate. What did the Bible say? When God created man, he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over all the earth. All right. You were designed to walk in dominion. You were designed to walk in authority and power. Now, yes, things have changed since the first Eden mandate was given to Adam and Eve. There's no doubt about that. But now that Jesus has come and removed us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of God, our position with God as his perfect children, as citizens and sons of his kingdom is completely and totally restored just as if we had never sinned, just as if sin had never existed or even been a part of our existence. And look, we could probably spend hours and hours talking about this, and we will. But these are the core points for you to understand. You are a child of the king, and you have the authority and power of the kingdom of God exactly like Jesus and the apostles did in their earthly ministry. It is time for us to start living like it. 
in every area of our lives. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We are to seek and expand the kingdom and we are to war against the dominion of darkness in every area of our lives. And and you will see that this will radically transform your existence. This, this is an extremely exciting subject, and I'm not even beginning to do to do justice. I mean time time would fail me to talk about the things that I've seen. You know, I, I mean I'm I'm a real estate lawyer, but I use my faith constantly. I mean, we do big deals all around the country and blah, blah, blah. But I use my faith at work constantly and we see we see miraculous things. I, I use my faith with my family. I use my faith over our health. Uh, you know, things that we've seen in Haiti, things that we've done, you know, on and on I could go. But I tell you, I'm going to take it to another level now. I, I, I admit, I repent before God that I haven't done my part to really go out and be be a blessing to others as I know that I am blessed to be a blessing. But this understanding of our authority in the kingdom of God, understanding of our of our kingdom mandate that we now have in Christ. This will revolutionize your life. This will create excitement, opportunities, uh, uh, purpose in your life. And that's why I want to continue talking about it and I want to continue helping everyone begin to think about this more and more so that it will become a part of the way you see yourself and the way you live. Thank you for your time today. God bless you. I love you. Take the time to study these verses for yourself and begin living as God, your Father and King, intends for you to live. Thank you again.